Hi, I'm Russell Zwanka, author of A Store Walk, a walk through a food store. So let's talk about food stores. Number one, it starts with passion. I'm about as passionate about food stores as numismatists are about coins, or hackers are about coding, or even comic book collectors are about early edition marvels. In a sense, it may not be for everyone, but for those who are in it, it's a total and deeply ingrained passion that unwaveringly permeates your being. I'm in a bad mood, want to explore, want to decompress a little. I go to a grocery store. In a way, it's my happy place. I'm not saying you should be as extreme as me, but I am saying this grocery business is not for everyone. If you're going to be in it, be in it. Dive in head first. Don't worry about the rocks. Just jump. Be passionate. From this passion perspective, this handbook is written. The purpose of this book is to give you pertinent reminders of how these stores come across to the shoppers, how these stores are a major part of everyone's life, how these stores reflect society and trends in general. It's food, man. It's food. Treat it with respect. So where do we begin? Here's how this thing's going to work. Let's take a mental walk through a grocery store together. We'll talk about what to look for, what's trending up, what's trending down, the best, the worst, the little trade secrets, a little of everything. So where do you start? Well, where everybody starts. Why should anyone visit the store in the first place? Sounds kind of intuitive, right? Just visit the store nearest you. In fact, if you want to run or own a store, just put it there. Everyone nearby will come to you, right? Wrong. Nope. They won't. Stores have formats for a reason. Customers are not all alike. Customers can change by the minute. Sometimes you're attractive to them. Sometimes you're not. It's Christmas. We love your store. It's the day after tax day. I really don't like your store. Why is this happening? Why can't it be simple? Let's go over a few things. First, formats. There are a multitude of formats. Let's talk about the main ones. Traditional comes first. Pretty easy. It's what you see mostly. Think ShopRite, Kroger, Hannaford, Publix. Traditional in this sense means a wide assortment, lots of services, clean, bright aisles, and great smells throughout the store. You can find most anything you need in a traditional store. What about price, though? Price is a secondary variable. It may or may not be tagged to the traditional format. Hannaford, part of Ajo Dele's company, operates as an everyday low-price store with wow specials. A little bit confusing. Their sister company, Stop and Shop, operates as a highly promotional traditional retailer. Similar assortment but prices that go up and down promotionally. What is it the customer wants? The issue with traditional stores is they're big, usually between 45,000 and 65,000 square feet. They hold around 50,000 to 75,000 items called SKUs in the industry, stock keeping units, SKU, and they cater to everybody. The danger in catering to everybody is sometimes you cater to nobody in particular. You need a go-to base shopper, and those traditional retailers in financial trouble lost sight of their core shopper. Winn-Dixie, for example, for years known as the beef people until competitors caught up. Then they became known as, who really knows, low-income, high-income, Hispanic. They're trying to write the ship, have a solid leadership team in place. You just wonder where they can go. They have Publix on one end, Walmart on the other, Aldi waiting the alley. Wegmans is marching south with a sense of urgency. I mentioned Winn-Dixie because they're part of the company that also operates Bilo. I started my career at Bilo and hold a special place in my heart for that company. I sincerely hope Bilo Winn-Dixie thrives. Moving on from traditional, let's go down in price. We have price-oriented 
operators that are all the rage right now. The format of a price focus was developed to predominantly operate in low-income neighborhoods. Very little assortment, no services, no one around to help you with anything, bag or box your own goods. Price, you get price. Here's your one ketchup to choose from, now get out. Just be glad we're here. What other choices do you have? Think save a lot, Aldi, maybe big lots, maybe a little Dollar General. Low expenses means low prices. You can't not have services and low prices. That doesn't work. But then while operating these little stores, the economy took a plunge in the toilet, and now even the middle class wanted the low, low prices. Save-A-Lot cleaned up its image, Aldi expanded like crazy, and now Aldi's competitor from Germany, Lidl, is coming on strong. Seems that a clean Aldi is attractive to most income levels now. Look at the Aldi ads. They focus on produce more than any other commodity. You think they know the target customer has shifted? Yes, they do. Staying in price, let's go big, really big. Supercenters at between 125,000 225,000 square feet, Walmart supercenters dominate the grocery industry. When Walmart decided to go into grocery around 1992, most looked at them as just another Super K. Nice idea, but will execute pretty poorly. Out of league. Well, here we are a number of years later, and Walmart sells more groceries than any retailer in the world, much less the United States. Say the plan worked would probably be an understatement. And guess what? They're getting even stronger. Their leadership team seems to have concocted the right formula to move Walmart forward into the future. Walmart's competitor, Target? Nope. Walmart doesn't give a hoot about Target. Target had their chance. They closed off the sections of the stores, made grand announcements about fresh is coming, made you wait, made all us grocers come up with a Target plan, and the curtains came down, and, 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 you mean that's it? Very little assortment, fresh departments the size of a convenience store, household sections that look like they're owned and operated by Procter & Gamble, etc. They swung and missed. They might get it together someday. You never know. No, Walmart only cares about Amazon. Amazon has the ability to suck up an entire commodity and leave existing retailers to die. When I was running merchandising and was curious as to who was taking my diaper sales, Amazon. Who was taking my box tea sales, Amazon. Household goods, Amazon. Yeah, they're pretty good at focusing, coming up with a game plan and winning at all costs. They can figure out how to make groceries appear within the hour at a good price. Watch out. So let's take a walk. You've found the store you like. It's close to home. It carries the majority of what you like, and you decide to take a trip to the store. One of the highlights of every day should be a trip to the store, right? That's when you know you're passionate about grocery stores. You drive up, you park. Walk right into the store with your head down, right? Right? Nope. You know, the outside of the store can be as important as the inside. The outside sets a tone. It can be a value tone, a seasonal tone, or even a we don't care about you tone. Get out of your car, what do you see? A beautiful display of flowers, plants, and lawn items. What do you think? Fresh summer or spring, lively, beautiful, that's the tone. You sell food. If you sell food, it's an excellent idea to be seen as a fresh destination. Beats the alternative. Now you get out of your car and you see a massive truck trailer with pallets and pallets of paper towels and tissue on it. Big sign for a great price. What's your interpretation of the retailer's message? Value, price, best deal in town, get it while it's hot. And in both scenarios, your trip to the rest of the store, same impression. Fresh outside makes the store fresh inside. Value and price outside, same result. All right. This time you drive up to the store, you must get out and move a shopping cart to get into a parking place. Add that cart to the hundreds that are out in the parking lot. 
dodge a flying piece of debris as you get out of your car, walk quickly past the uh, hobo sleeping on the front bench to get into the store. Now what's your impression? Yep, it's a pretty easy one. You're either in the wrong neighborhood or the wrong store. They don't care about you or their surroundings. They think you're fine with an unsafe environment that's wrought with peril. That's how you're going to feel as you shop in that store. The outside makes a difference. We parked. Or walking in, the outside has met whatever expectation we have for the store. We slip through the sliding glass doors as they welcome us, as only sliding glass doors can welcome us. Come on in, stay a while. You walk into what we like to call the decompression zone. That big bad outside world was nipping at your heels, but here you are, a cool collection of some of the world's best food products, grown or made by some of the most skilled artisans in the world. Take a deep breath. Decompress. What's the first thing you see? What's the first thing you should see? Let me introduce you to one of my favorite phrases. It depends. What should you see? It depends. If you're a value format like Walmart, then you should see value. If you're a traditional format, then show off what makes you different. Go for fresh. Let's walk around a fresh or traditional format. Both of these formats will focus on, you guessed it, fresh foods. Middle of the store called center store is a difficult area to differentiate yourself. It can be done, and we'll talk about it, but never fool yourself into thinking a customer wants to pay a premium in center store just because you boil and bake your own bagels. Doesn't work that way. You want to make your own bagels, especially for me? Great, I'll take them. You want to charge 15% more on that can of tuna just because of the bagels? Nope, not acceptable. Not my problem. So who's on first? What would you want to see first? Remember, we're either a traditional format or fresh focus format. The choices, floral, produce, deli, bakery, food service, meat, seafood, which departments give you that fresh, earthy feeling, that feeling that is all is good and wholesome. Well, fish is cool, but not the most attractive. Meat, all that red and blood. Excellent department, but not first. No. Deli or bakery or food service, maybe not first. They need ovens, cold cases, vent hoods. Maybe best for against the wall. What does that leave us? Floral and produce. In my humble opinion, you should lead with floral surrounding the front door. Picture walking through a wall of beautiful flowers and plants as you head into the most luscious, bountiful produce department ever. Yeah, that is a beautiful picture. But a word of caution. Get someone to run your floral department who's the most passionate and effusive person in the store or in the company. Really, that person will make your floral departments resemble him or her. Floral is one of the most impulsive departments in the store and company. The number of people who visit a grocery store with floral on their mind outside of Valentine's Day is probably zero. just doesn't happen. You go to Lowe's or Home Depot or your local farm for your floral, not the grocery store, but when the department rocks like the person running it, floral jumps out and into the carts. Some other tips. Have the correct mix of plants and flowers and bouquets. Make it known you can make any arrangement or corsage or centerpiece on demand. Only other section of the store that demands this much artistry, personal touch, and love is cake decorating. A few more hints. Always have the $10 or $15 bouquets and water buckets by the registers. Registers are perfect for that last impulse buy of flowers. Make sure you have the bouquet dry bags connected to the displays. They're wet, you know. How else do you get someone's attention? Balloons, balloons. What's more attention getting than a bunch of balloons? 
have them on the flowers, have them in floral, have them in greeting cards. You make a ton of money on balloons, like 80 to 90% gross profit. All right, moving on. Produce is next. It must be produce. What makes a great produce department? Why does it have to be next? There's no better differentiator in grocery stores than the produce department. Plus, it's the highest ranking item by far when customers are asked why they choose to shop in a certain store. What makes a great one? Aren't all produce departments the same? Of course not. Not even close. Start with the first look. What do you see? Does it scream fresh picked, good for you, straight from the earth? If so, then good. You're heading in the right direction. Tables in the middle of the department, do they cascade up in eye view and lower to higher as your eyes work your way to the back of the department? Good. Do you see more product and less display case? Good. Those two answers were no, then get to it. A beautiful and fresh produce department should delight your eyes and tear themselves a little bit as they head towards the back of the department. It's a way for the total picture to be taken in by the customers one at a time. And the cases, uh, don't get me started on the cases. Why do produce heads buy these monstrosities of wood and then have just a little product on top? Don't know what I'm talking about? Go to Fresh Market. Uh, they look like they're selling wood. They should be selling produce. Anyway, now we're straight on the cases. What goes in them and on them? Seasonality is obviously key in the produce department. If that's new news to you, then um, kindly close this book and use it as a drink coaster, please. It's not going to help. Assuming you're still reading, let's talk about product layout and produce. The seasonal part is the most obvious. Apples in the fall, local corn mid-July, etc. The only thing that makes it seasonal is that one, Customers think mostly of apples in the fall. And two, the sourcing moves closer to the store. On that second part, please remember there are apple customers year-round. Demand might shift a bit, but you still need a base assortment of those items you call seasonal. You just get them from somewhere in the world that's still growing and harvesting the product. I'm convinced that's why we have two hemispheres. One, when one takes a break, the other one picks up the slack. Seasonal items towards the front then break out into the stone fruits, those with pits or seeds. Other fruits, cooking vegetables, regular vegetables, greens, and then bag salads. Another little tip, put the bag salads at the back. Sure, you make good margin on them, but everyone sells bag salads. Even Save-A-Lot sells bag salads. What the other stores don't have is a beautiful, luscious green wall. A green wall. Now that's a differentiator. Angled almost vertically, the green wall makes or breaks your produce department. It yells freshness. Earthy, healthy, wellness, fit, etc. It's all about the green wall. Look at Whole Foods. They know how to do a green wall. What about stocky items like potatoes, carrots, stewing vegetables, etc.? They're bulky and frankly not very exciting. You need to ensure you have variety and sizes for all customers. That's pretty much it. And the extra section with kombucha, live probiotics, Pomegranate juice, everything super berry, yeah, that's a big part of the department. If you're not focusing on these trendy items, you're missing a whole segment of the population that likes to juice as a verb. Everything is now available in liquid form. Make sure you have the full variety. It started in produce because the produce departments had refrigerated cases. Meat couldn't stock these beverages. Dairy was packed, so produce was it. Produce won on these beverages. Organic produce, it's a big deal. It's a really big deal. Say it again. It's huge. Organic is a growth trend of the last four years and shows no slowing at all. This one area, along with local, is going to carry produce growth for the next five years. 
please, please, please do not treat organic items as we carry them when we have them. Make sure they are part of this set and mandatory part of the minimum assortment. A little tidbit, when you run merchandising, service level is not the best key performance indicator in the fresh departments in regards to how well your buyers are running the department. In produce, you can mark something as seasonal out and it doesn't count against your service level numbers. Not your fault. Seasons change, right? Wrong. Know your departments and make sure a standard assortment is followed by both the buyers as well as the department managers in the stores. It's too easy to spread out on adjacent products when you're out of something. But it's bad for variety and bad for business. It's called smoothing. Don't fall for it. And what about loose granola, nuts, seeds, meal, flour, chocolate enrobed products? Yeah, you need them in the right stores. This is a higher-end clientele type of product offering and a higher demographic or highly nutritionally focused customer will demand loose product. But beware, make sure you have the customer for it, or else it's a shrink gold mine. As we discussed previously, shrinks the difference between what you've built into the store and its expected margin, and what eventually sold and the selling margin. The missing portion is called shrink. If you still want to carry these products but might not know if you have the customers for it, then try it in sealed tubs first. They keep the product fresher longer and actually look nicer than the loose bins. Loose bins are sometimes a mess. You're going to offer them, commit to keeping them clean and neat. Smaller trend, but trend nonetheless, is cut fruit and cut vegetables. Makes sense with cooking being as popular as it is. Offering cuts and even having a cutting station on the floor gives a nice, fresh farmer's market look to the department. Plus, it makes a ton of incremental margin. A ton. When you can marry demand with increased margin, you have a winner. Cuts are winners. One warning about the cutting table on the floor, as with any time you have a station on the sales floor, it looks pretty bleak when no one is working the station. You're going to have a station, commit the labor to the station. Lastly, in produce, what about price? Price is not a differentiator. Repeat after me, not a differentiator. If people shop in your stores because of price. It's because that's all you have to offer them. Yes, price offers like Save-A-Lot have something to offer besides price, but not much. The reason they exist is because of price. Unless you work in this price-oriented format, make it about the product Variety, service, cleanliness, customer service, make it about the experience. One thing on produce pricing, make sure you know the key items people will notice. Number one, yep, you guessed it, bananas. Probably one of the most noticeable prices in the store. Keep regular bananas at a highly competitive price without losing money. How do you make up the margin? Expand your offering on organic bananas and make them competitively priced. The only way the math works on competitive banana pricing is if you offer competitive organic pricing and can increase those sales. For the rest of produce pricing, just keep it competitive. People eat produce for health, for beauty, for just about everything except price. If they cared that much about price, they'd go grab a bag of Doritos. Everyone knows healthy items are more expensive. Giving it away makes no sense. Please join me for part two as we keep on walking.